This is Notably Texan on 88.9 KETR. I'm Matt Minky, and we bring you an eclectic mixture of music created by Texans each day here on the show. And I'm always excited for opportunities to speak with the voices behind the music. And today you'll learn about a Texas-based singer-songwriter who brings a bit of Kentucky flavor to her sound. She chronicles a lot of her family's Appalachian history on her new release, Bullet in the Cabin Wall. And though she hails from Ohio, she made the move to the Lone Star State several years ago. Our special guest on today's Notably Texan is Cheryl Kaywood. Well, welcome to Notably Texan, Cheryl. I really appreciate you chatting with me today. Wow, thanks for having me on. Now, I know that you've been in the music game uh, for quite a while, but how long have you actually been involved in uh, creating music? Does this kind of go back to your youth? No, it, it really doesn't. I, I started doing it in, in the mid-90s, and then I quit for a while. This was while I was in the greater Cincinnati area. And um, I moved to Texas 13 years ago, and something about being here just caused my muse to come alive, and the songs are just pouring out. How did you? I was like, what happened? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, unless until you've lived here, I think there's just something in the air, I guess, or in the water, either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. So how did you learn to play guitar and figure out songwriting? Was this kind of on your own, or did you have some good mentors? Oh, I actually started back in the... Uh, elementary school, you know, in the band. I drove my parents crazy, you know. <laughs> I went in the band, in the school band. I really don't have a memory of music not being part of my life and me seeking it out. Not necessarily songwriting, but just music in general. Yeah, I drove the neighbors nuts, you know, <laughs> to, until they were like, get that kid an instrument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so my brother got a guitar for Christmas one year, and I actually learned to play it before he did. No kidding. You know, so yeah, so so I knew I wanted to, to do that. So Cheryl, do you have an appreciation for a pretty wide range of music? I do. Like what kind of I, stuff uh, did you grow up listening are, to? I'll be giving my age away here, but uh, <laughs> in our house, Saturday night was for the Midwestern Hayride. Okay. <laughs> so every Saturday, that's what, you know, I was exposed to. Uh, and that's something that my father wanted to listen to. And then my mother listened to AM radio, so it was more pop stuff, whatever. You, we didn't even have FM yet, of course. So she listened to, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff like that. Elvis, you know, she's a big Elvis fan, too. So those kind of things were on the radio. So those mainly were my main influences. I hadn't been exposed to jazz or blues or anything like that at a young age. So uh, you mentioned it already. I'd like to hear about the path that's led you to Texas, but but tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Where else have you lived? I lived in the greater Cincinnati area all of my life, and my entire family are from the Appalachian region in eastern Kentucky. My mother and father are both there, so my roots are growing very long over there. So we visited twice a year at least. We spent summers there, you know, and, and Christmas uh, many, many, many times, you know, that was our usual trek. We didn't go on vacation. We went there, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which was fine. That was, it was fine. I mean, we didn't know as kids that we weren't going on vacation. So dad made sure we, we went to all of the sites in Kentucky, you know, all the brown sign places. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now you're uh, you're down uh, near the Gulf Coast in, uh, I think, Santa Fe, right? Uh, I was in Santa Fe. I'm actually living on Tiki Island now, like I said, right on the water. It's just across the causeway from uh, Galveston. Okay, so same general area, though, kind of. Yes, 
Yes, yes. It's still south of Houston. I'm sure most people know where Houston is. Yeah, I think I've heard of it, uh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think Texas is kind of larger than life. You know, even if you've never been here, I think a lot of people are always curious about Texas. So did music draw you to Texas, or had you always wanted to come down this way? I wasn't really as aware of the music scene as it is here that much until I got here. But uh, I actually came for, I came down to, I went to San Antonio first for a work conference. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And while I was there, I had several different people say, we need to recruit you down here. You need to come to Texas. And I went, you know what? I have never done anything daring like that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) One, One of those people sent me a job opportunity, you know, after I got back home a couple months later. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I actually came here for work and then found out what a wonderful scene it was here. I am so impressed with the music scene. That's uh, that's really I interesting. One of my uh, steel guitar player friends in Kentucky, he said, what is it with Texas? They got all the music down there on the inside. I said, you're right. They put up this big fence and all the good stuff's on the inside. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <here. laughs> We, we try to keep it to ourselves as much as possible, but uh, we're definitely proud of our of our music heritage down this way, and we're just it's just kind of a great uh, you know talent everywhere you look around here. Yeah, I wasn't even I wasn't schooled at all about the red dirt scene and the Texas music coming out of there, and boy, I really like it. We're certainly happy to to have you here, and uh, it's your welcome talent uh, down this way, and uh, very glad to have you here in the state. Uh, you mentioned that wow. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you know being here is, has really been quite a catalyst for your for your inner songwriter. It has. I'm I'm not sure how that came about. Um, the Old Quarter Acoustic Cafe is in Galveston, so it was close by here. So when I started going there and seeing and meeting some of the touring songwriters. I was just like, I hadn't seen anything like that before. I really hadn't been exposed to that. There's some of that in Cincinnati, but it's just not the same. It's like the Mucky Duck here in Houston is the same thing. You know, it's a listening room, and they have the National Touring Acts and whoever, you know, international as well, come through. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. This just light me up here. And I think, you know, you've done uh, your stints as kind of, uh, you know, a, a cover act before, but uh, there's just something different about creating your own music, isn't there? Exactly. I do have to give uh, credit to my um, mentor friend, though, in Cincinnati. He won uh, several folk music awards while he was there, and I was a band in a band with him in the early 2000s, probably three or four years or so. I put out a CD with him. I sang on his original stuff and did the whole CD release party and everything. And he's been a mentor to me, like you asked earlier, if I had anyone like that. And yes, he's definitely, his name's Dave Gilligan. And he's still playing in the Cincinnati area when I come to town. Actually, they did my CD release party with me there back in, was it in May, April or May, uh, in Cincinnati. So I got the whole band to back me up on it. It was a big time. Well, that's always exciting when you're putting out a new album, for sure, I would think. (laughs) Yeah, and a mentor here in Texas um, who's been instrumental with, with the things I've been working on is Jack Saunders. He just is on in the process of moving, though, so near near to Austin, but he's been in here, here in Houston with a recording studio since the mid-'90s, I think. And um, he's an incredible songwriter, multi-instrumentalist. Oh, my goodness. 
So we've become quite good friends over the last couple of years, and uh, he's been very much a mentor. We're talking with Cheryl K. Wood here on 88.9 KETR. And for listeners that are just discovering uh, you today, what sorts of music do you create on your albums? And I know that's kind of a tough question because uh, <laughs> it's always hard to sometimes pinpoint exactly the sound and you've done different things uh, before. But, uh, you know, if you're giving your elevator pitch to somebody, <laughs> what kind of music do you create? I've been doing uh, uh, progressively different things on the albums that I've put out since I've been in Texas, which I've put three out so far. So far, and there is another one in the shoot. Um, the first one was a rockabilly fun thing that um, was almost all originals, and uh, it matched the kind of music I was playing at the time. I was playing upright bass in a band called Kicking It Dixie, and it was very fun, up-tempo music. So the music that we decided to put out as a band project was that flavor. Right. Yeah. Up tempo, fun, rockabilly style. And then I wanted to do my own project after that. And that one I would say is more Americana with a country flavor. I gravitate toward, oh, I love Lucinda Williams and um, Iris DeMent. I get a little flavor from her. And Bonnie Raitt has is, is been an influence. I, really, I told you well, I wasn't exposed to a lot of blues as a young person, but boy, do I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really get to wailing on some stuff. And it's fun, and it feels good. Yeah. And um, I guess another influence would be, uh, vocal style would be um, Winona Judd. Songwriters, of course, Dolly Parton. I've got lots of favorite songwriters, and I gravitate toward the singer-songwriter, too. I always have. My new CD, I decided to do a tribute to my roots in Appalachia, and so it is very folk. Uh, A little bit country-flavored and a little bit Americana, but much more folk. Absolutely, There's yeah. Banjos in it. There are. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk a, a bit about that uh, that new record. Actually, uh, I was curious about the instruments that you play because I know you're a vocalist and you play guitar, but uh, you used to play upright bass too, huh? Yes, I did. I'm not playing on the CD though. I'm not a bassist. Okay. <laughs> you know, I do okay. You know, enough to hold down my own in a band. Not everybody, uh, you know, plays the upright bass though. That's a pretty unique one. Yeah, I play electric bass too. I did that in all the cover bands you know, in the Cincinnati area. Um, Of course, when I started getting into the songwriting, I had to switch over to acoustic guitar, right? So then I actually hired an upright player. I still do. I get, you know, an upright player to come and play when I'm doing my original shows. You were alluding to it, but uh, your album, uh, uh, Bullet Hole in the Cabin Wall, is your uh, debut as a solo artist, I believe, right? And and I would assume it's uh, pretty nice to be uh, kind of stepping out of a backing role and, and taking charge of the music and being being the uh, the lead name. It sure does. Um, though I, my out al- my album right before this one was actually the debut, but it didn't get. Um, I didn't know how to do the promotion on it. Okay. So, and it was right before COVID, and I was at a stuck spot. You know, should I go back and try to get promotion for that one when it's been out? My mistake on that on this one being your debut as a solo artist. Then it's been out there like that, and I haven't corrected it, so it's a kind of a typo. Okay, all right, <laughs> sort of. I got you. <laughs> I've seen it in the reviews too, and I'm like, uh oh. You know, it's too late to bring it to retract it now. Okay, but well, it's okay. <laughs> I see how I was led astray on that. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's 
okay. Well, we're talking with Cheryl K. Wood here on, on KETR. Uh, so tell me about this album, uh, Bullet in the Cabin Wall. I noticed that uh, you've got some great players on the record, uh, including uh, people like Eleanor Whitmore on fiddle. Uh, so, and this yes, is kind of a. Do you know Eleanor? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm familiar with uh, with her and her sister from from the other stuff that they do here in Texas music. Uh, but uh, this is kind yeah. of a kind of a concept album, though. Yes, the whole thing was that I wanted to go back to my roots and investigate the music there. So I looked back to some the couple of cover tunes that are on there that represent the way I feel about the region, which was Shady Grove and uh, um, Ah. Unfortunately, the LNN I- don't stop here anymore. Uh, one time I was uh, driving down to, my dad retired down at the, the home place, and uh, I was driving down there to visit him, and I heard that song, and it just about made me pull my car over. I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, that is going on my set list like now. I've been loving that song for a while, but it just spoke to me, you know, so um, that's how I feel about the songs on here. So The Bullet in the Cabin Wall, the title track, is um, a true story. My great, great, I don't know what number, grandfather was murdered in a mountain feud right down there in the mountains. They were isolated down there. You know, it's hard to get in and out. Uh, The whole thing was about whiskey. It was the old, you know, should we tax it or do it bootleg? So my grandfather ended up on the side of the law. Of course, they had a, a big feud with the people who were wanting to, to bootleg it. As I researched and researched, I, did, I wanted everything in the story to be very true. So the whole story is true. The song is true. And um, I was always kind of thinking that, you know, my family was on the right side of everything, you know, but I researched it all and really dug down into what happened and what took place and read all the old newspaper articles and all this stuff. I found out the Howards weren't so bad of people after all. You know, they were just trying to do it their way. You know, they were a peaceable people, you know, until until all that controversy came up about, you know, how to do it. So it, it was really interesting to uh, research all that family history. I can understand how you would be inspired to, to do an album like this when you dig up some of that information. The bullet was the, the home place. The same grandfather had hauled all of those logs off the mountain with a mule team and built the homestead at the foot of the mountains down there. Wow. And um, all of the children were born there. People died there. You know, they were laid out in the living room, all of that stuff. And um, when we were kids, the bullet hole is still there, you know, and they would tell us the story about it and everything. And so we knew about the bullet hole. you know, in the, in the cabin wall. So I thought, ooh, there's my title. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I just yeah. want to make sure I got it right, because I might have said Bullet Hole in the Cabin Wall. Is, is the album called Bullet in the Cabin Wall? Yes. Okay, so forgive me for, uh, I included, uh, for some reason my brain always wants to say Bullet Hole, but I mean, it's implied. It's okay. <laughs> They're actually, the bullet probably isn't in there. Right. <laughs> it's probably just the hole, but, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. And unfortunately, um, my aunt, sold that particular piece of property about maybe 20 years ago and the people that had it torched it okay oh my father was heart sick i mean we all were you know but he watched it burn to the ground oh my gosh we're talking with cheryl k wood here on 88.9 ketr she's based down on the gulf coast now uh you've 
talked about this, that how a lot of your uh, albums have, have kind of revolved around different themes. All, all of them are, are not about your family, of course, but uh, you've kind of had uh, different themes on your different records so far. Is that something you think That's you'll keep doing thing. on your other ones? I haven't gotten that far ahead yet. Um, I'm still thinking um, because I have so many interests in different genres. I would love to do a blues album, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm still thinking about it. I've got all these songs rolling around in my head, too, like I said. <laughs> yeah. They need to get out. Tell me about this this uh, forthcoming record. I was so fortunate to be accepted into a program called Music to Life. They're the folks from the Peter, Paul, and Mary trio back in the 60s. Oh, wow. So they helped me build a program, not just me. This is what they do. They bring artists into the community to make good changes right where they live through music. So it's really fascinating. Anyway, uh, so I was in their program for a year. We attended classes, learned about grant writing, all kinds of things like that. And um, you know, we had to tell them what we wanted to write about. I mean, what we wanted to do our program about. And mine was about the opioid epidemic that is so huge in the Cincinnati area and in Appalachia both. I mean, it's, it's just wreaking havoc everywhere of course just here in houston too so they helped me develop a program and it is called hope loves harmony we focus on hope and healing through music and uh, what we do is we write songs with parents or caregivers of people with substance use disorder and so once we get the song written the best part of the whole thing is the participant in the program gets their song that they wrote with us and then we can use the music uh, to go full circle and have fundraisers and have the, the CDs, you know, as part of the, the fundraiser and hopefully get more people to be advocates for making changes about all that stuff. Well, that is a, a very no yeah. noble effort for sure, because that is absolutely a rampant problem all over the nation. Oh, yeah. Well, I have three daughters and two of them succumbed to heroin addiction. Uh, the good news is they have both healed and survived and started their lives over. They've been clean for seven years now. Uh, one of my daughters gives me her uh, AA coin every year when she gets one. I've made them into jewelry and all kinds of things. But I'm telling you what, it's something to be the parent and to go through that to prepare for your child to die. It's um, It can be devastating. You go through all of the stages of grief. Anyway, um, that's how I got into it. I wanted to give back to the people who saved my daughter's life so to speak, which is community. This yeah. is going to be a, a, a new collection of songs then that'll be uh, called Hope Loves Harmony? Yes. Any yeah. idea on this uh, release time? No, uh, it very well could be out by the end of this year. I'm hoping. I'm still working on obtaining grant money, and I don't want to put the horse before the cart, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to release the CD until I've got uh, a good grip. I already have a community support here in Galveston, a partner here in Galveston, so now we just need to secure some grant money to get this off the ground. But uh, we did the pilot study and did the whole thing and went through the whole program and, you know, got some wonderful songs out of it from, from the people who volunteered to be in it, um, who were real people with real, you know, with the real thing, um, and it turned out great. I think there are a lot of people, a lot of families out there whose lives have been affected uh, by that sort of a thing, so uh, I definitely commend you for, for choosing to go that route. Thank you. Uh, and, I, and I'll turn it around and, and thank uh, Music to Life people for helping me get this off the ground. The program is finished and it's, you know, it's ready to go.
they're wonderful. That's I fantastic. I can't thank them enough. I was just going in all kinds of di- directions. I was already trying to bring awareness, you know, but I didn't know how to do it. So they got me definitely pointed in the right direction. Well, you tend to have a lot going on with all these uh, different projects, but I'm sure that uh, you're you're always writing uh, new songs as you've been talking about the muse just hit you down here. Uh, I assume that songwriters like yourself are always kind of setting aside some some new ideas that just kind of hit you at, uh, at strange times, I would imagine. <laughs> they do. I have a, a little book. It's actually on my Google Drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I can speak to it. You know, and have it typed in while I'm like, wow, you know, because if I don't do it right now, I'll forget. Right. You know what it is. It's extensive at the moment. So um, I also work full time. But this is, you know, so much a big part of my life. I put a lot, a lot of time into all of this, too. So just getting that, the Bullet in the Cabin Wall CD released and all of the things that go with it. It's a lot, a lot of work. So I don't have any new songs done i have pieces of things you know but i don't have anything other than the the hope love harmony but it's finished that one's just waiting to get released yeah it's amazing to to for you to be able to juggle uh, all of this stuff going on you know uh, i think a lot of people can't uh, can't imagine doing something in addition to working full-time you like that so <laughs> that's amazing well, my children are grown you know uh the grandkids think i'm cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> My kids didn't think I was cool way back then. You well, know, oh no, you know, her <laughs> mom does what? Yeah, that's that's how kids are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but my grandkids love it. Our guest is Cheryl K. Wood here on 88.9 KETR. I don't know how much experience you have with it, but we always like to, uh, to ask guests if they have any uh, comments about uh, listener-supported radio stations here uh, at KETR. We're a public radio station. And uh, have you have you gotten to listen to uh, much public radio in your life? I have been um, an NPR listener for years and years. Oh, perfect! Yeah, we're so, we're an NPR yeah, affiliate. I, I love the 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 variety that you get there, and I mean, I know they need support all the time. There's a Houston station here too. They're another listener supported station, undoubtedly, like we are. That's how most of the NPR stations are. You've uh, had a chance to listen to this type of uh, of station, and. Uh, do you feel like these uh, types of stations, these listener-supported stations, are, are worth actually supporting financially by people who listen to them? Absolutely, and I hope it continues and continues. I mean, there's so much competition out there for everybody's listening dollar, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I hope that it continues for a very long time. I think it's important for the arts, for exposure the art and uh, i'm sure you're going to find uh, probably that uh, being a you know kind of folk americana artist like you are there just not a lot of uh, commercial outlets out there who will even uh, you know sometimes even return a call about you putting out a new album because they haven't heard of you and so they're only interested in playing the stuff that uh, they can sell more commercials around so you're probably going to exactly. find that a lot of the listener supported stations are the ones that will even give you any time oh i've already learned that <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah so for uh, somebody who's uh, just discovering Cheryl Kaywood today, uh, where can they go to find out more about you? Oh, it's really easy. CherylKaywood.com. Of course, I'm on all the streaming platforms. My music is the uh, social platforms. I'm not on all of them, but, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm trying to get on TikTok. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Right. <laughs> And for anybody that's uh, not familiar, it's uh, it's the last name is C A W O O D K Wood. Thank you for that, because yes, that's not always heard correctly. 
there's actually a little town in Kentucky called Kaywood. That's where the uh, cabin is. Oh, okay. Or was. Yeah, in Harlan County. Bringing a bit of that flavor on down here, Texas Way, and we're, we're glad to have you down here. I noticed that you're playing a few uh, shows uh, later in August, it looks like. Yeah, there's a, a really neat place um, in Galveston that supports uh, local artists and musician artists as well. And um, it's called Mod Coffee House. It's one of my favorite gigs in town because I get to do whatever I want there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's selfish of me. But I bring my merch and everything and um, do lots of my originals and tell stories with them, you know, the songwriter thing. And I do some covers, too. So I get to do whatever I want. Nice. And, yeah, all of your gigs are listed on your website if people want to uh, check those out, although they're not a, in our immediate northeast Texas area. But uh, sometimes people travel. Sometimes people are just big music fans and might want to go check out a show, uh, you know, several miles cool. away. Come well, on down. I love it. <laughs> We've uh, really enjoyed uh, getting to know uh, more about you here today, and uh, thank you so much for checking in today with Notably Tex, and I hope we get to talk again soon. Oh, my gosh, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm your host, Matt Menke, and today's Notably Texan feature interview has been a production of listener-supported radio for Northeast Texas, 88.9 KETR. And your support makes these types of discussions possible. Please help us out today by clicking the donate button at KETR.org.